everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched the final two episodes of season one of Alchemy of Souls. Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> Bro, we got to the end. We got to the end. That end was wild. The whole last episode was so fucked. <laughs> from beginning, to, almost beginning to end. Well, the reason it's from beginning to end is we start out episode 20 feeling pretty chill. Things yeah. feel fairly wrapped up, you know? There's, you know, Jin Mu is pulling some gross shenanigans. He's trying to tempt the crown prince into being the absolute worst, and we're really hoping he won't fall to that. Um, but other than that, you know, things are just kind of, you know, we're planning weddings, we're having a nice time, and by the end of it, 50% of the characters are dead. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, but, like, all the tertiary characters, we don't know anybody except Utak, and I guess Jungkook, he technically died, but, like, we knew he was coming back, because... We had spoilers. We had spoilers in that season two existed. Yeah. If you know that it exists, you know that probably it's not going to end with... Maybe it's the rest is everyone trying to avenge him. But it would be wild if the whole second season had been Jungkook, like, uh, people avenging Jungkook. And then they just completely disregarded the fact that he's supposed to be the heir to the king's star king star energy or whatever and become the next what's his face master of the skies and if the if that was season 2 like if they had just pulled that old that old little rope dope on us and been like he's got the craziest destiny of all time this whole first season is about him oh uh, he's dead sorry he's Oops. dead he's a goner and, like, Romeo and Juliet, she's dead, too. Yeah. And the, the next season is about the crown prince taking vengeance or something. Or something. Like, he's got main character energy and we'll watch it, whatever it is. I would watch a show that was just the crown prince. Oh, my God. I sent you a reel of him today. Did you watch it? <gasps> Not yet. I told myself I was going to watch it before we recorded, and then I didn't even open it because I knew if I opened it but didn't watch it, I would forget to uh, watch it. I might start just sharing all the reels that I love to our stories and just be like, everybody just watch these because I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also send them to me. There's no guarantee I will watch them before that <laughs> that story fair. expires. I'm so sorry that I'm the way that I am. It's okay. It was not, like, a super great reel. It just said that this guy who... I'll pull up his name. I respect this man. The guy who plays Crown Prince Gowon. His name is Shin Seung Ho. It said he was a bodyguard for, I think, Red Velvet? And then just got into acting and nailed it. Is killing everything. He's so good at it. He became my favorite character of Alchemy of Souls. As if... He'd never done anything but act his entire life. Yeah, he looks like he... W- I don't know, he's a born actor. Um, I just pulled up his whole profile on Asian Wiki. I don't know why. I just did. And his birthday is November 11th, 1995. <gasps> no! Yeah. So we're soulmates? <laughs> You're soulmates. 
My birthday is November 10th, 1995. Don't use that information against me. That's... <laughs> I just want it to be known we're soulmates. You guys are soulmates. You were born one day apart in the same year. Literally one day apart. Maybe hours apart. Maybe hours apart. I will say, I don't... I did not used to necessarily... I liked Zodiac stuff, you know, born under the same sign stuff, born really close together stuff, but I never necessarily subscribed to it until I met Craig's brother, um, who I am very similar to. You know, like, we ha we are just so similar. Born nine days apart in the same year. Ooh. So, so our we really are soulmates. Are, yeah. Yeah, so you guys are like, if we've got a, so when we meet him, y'all are gonna be, just be the best friends ever. Is it weird soulmates. for me to DM him? Like, hey, <laughs> not in a weird way. Don't worry, I'm married. I'm not hitting on you. I just, we're soulmates. And like, I need you to know that. Yeah, we were born a day apart. So. I think we could vibe. What's your work schedule like? Do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> what if we got him on the pod though how about okay listeners if you if you can have his people reach out to our people <laughs> please it's all we need but i don't know also keep listening to us after you hear his beautiful sultry voice on our podcast yeah please don't give don't up forget. on us <laughs> <laughs> don't be like i think i'll just listen to his podcast i would understand but it would hurt it would hurt to lose you Mm-hmm. Anyways, side ramble closed. This finale was wild. I did not expect all the stuff with Jinmu's evil plan to go the way it did. I thought it would be a lot more messy, a lot more like our heroes come through in the end and save everything. I think Jinmu was like, I'll make Mudok run wild and then Jungkook will have no choice but to stop her using his Kingstar powers, using the Ice Stone powers. And instead, it felt like Jungkook just kind of died. Yeah, it was very fall-on-the-sword moment. Which maybe is just me, like, lack of foresight. Obviously, he came back from the dead. He exploded out of his own funeral pyre. Maybe everybody will be like, whoa, that's wild. Yeah, what a way to be reborn, you know? But I just hate a funeral. I hate a last episode funeral. Everybody was so sad, and I was sad. And, like, why couldn't he just stop her in the woods so that he didn't have to die and I didn't have to see Maid Kim cry? Hmm? Don't, that's the thing. Don't make the moms cry. Don't make the moms cry. It's our rule. That's the one rule that we have here. I... The only part I liked about it was... Okay, two parts I liked about him dying. One... I really liked the Crown Prince's reaction. We got a reaction shot of that man finding out that his best frenemy just died. And that, like, red, teary eyes, but, like, stony face. Mm, perfection. He can do no wrong. He is perfect in my eyes. Also, Jin Choyun becoming unhinged. I Like, obviously, that was more about her dad than jong I mm -hmm. just love that for her. I want unhinged Jin Choyun. Season two better be all about that. Yeah, it feels like a better way for her to live than the really low stakes conniving she's been doing, where she just, all of the things that she has done previously that we could label unhinged were for either unrequited, unrequited love, which is so problematic, or 
requited love, but it just doesn't make sense to do it. <laughs> it just doesn't make, it's just a sad reason to do a thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see her motivations be something bigger than I want to get married to Donggu and be married and be in love and be married where it's like, Ooh, oh, it feels like, dream. yeah. Like what do you have? Like some other things that some projects, some stuff that really <laughs> helps you feel, you know, like you're a whole happy person outside of a relationship. And now, now she does. We don't really have the whole and healthy, <laughs> but like we've got some projects going. So. <laughs> if you're going to be anyone, why not be a villain? Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see her villain arc. It's because, yeah, she's kind of unpredictable. We've just seen her be a petty side criminal. And now she's going full real villain. And it's it's going to be so good. It's going to be very good. Can I say it's a little bit of a heel turn, but but still related to Jin Cho Yun, which is to say I want to talk about Jin Utak and how I actually really... As far as villains go, it's not like he was the big bad, but I think he's kind of a respectable dude at the end of the day. Like, he did some shady shit, but it wasn't for power. And it wasn't... I don't know. It's tough because it's kind of the same thing that I've condemned Jin Hyogyeon for, Lady Jin for, where she wasn't necessarily doing things for power. She was doing it for her daughter, but it does feel a little bit different in that he was doing it for his living sister, but was not willing to sacrifice his daughter either, right? Because there was a moment that he could have gone up against her and he said, I'm not going to do that because I love my daughter. That was wild. That was a really good turnaround. Yeah. So I like him as a villain because I think that it's interesting to have a villain who does have boundaries. Yeah. I think... It's interesting to have a villain who says, I'm layered, and it's not that I will do anything for this one thing, it's that there are things that I will and will not do to meet ends for, like, these things, or whatever. I I feel like that's such a good label, because I also wanted to say the similar sentiment with Jin Mu protecting the crown prince, when the queen was like, I'm just gonna take the ice stone... Everyone in there is going to die. Jinmu is very adamant that the crown prince not die. And it yes, maybe there was a 10-step plan that I just could not see. Because obviously he had plans to manipulate the crown prince later and gain more power. But it seemed like in that moment, he just sincerely cared about the crown prince. And I respected him 10,000 times more than I had at any other point in this show. Like, obviously, come over to Team Pro crown prince and i'm gonna be like open arms right here right here jinmu yes like also to see a villain with some sense of loyalty like he said some boundary setting was really cool yeah yeah i really like that too and i thought about that as well because i did i felt like there was an a very fine finely edged balance that they walked between you know is jinmu what are his motivations with the crown prince? How much is it that he feels like he needs him to gain more power? And how much is it that he has come to care for him as a pupil? And I 
I don't think he has... They don't have any soul ejectors left, as far as I know. So I don't know if he can perform Alchemy of Souls. But I did sincerely worry that we would have a quick turnaround on that concern. Because I thought that he was going to... When the Crown Prince found Jinmu, I thought he was going to soul shift. Yeah, that's true. I did think that. That felt like a very evil like build-up moment. That he was like, yep, mm, steal your soul now, steal your body. Like, oh, come on, Jinmu, you made that whole speech when he was in the ice stone about protecting him. But yeah, we we didn't have that moment. We had the pitiful, like, trying to manipulate him until the end, which is a little bit working. That's a little bit disappointing. But no true stabbing of the crown prince in the back as of yet. As of yet. So far... Either the crown prince remains useful, or he cares about him. Or both. Or and both. It seems Call like maybe and Call both. Me. And I like that. Yeah. Oh. But also, yeah, I get why he was like, I'm not doing the whole alchemy of souls thing because I know there's a little bit of a loophole in there. A little bit of a... I can't remember the term for it. It's a Trojan horse. It's... A caveat. A caveat. What's the word that you speak to activate a spy? A sleeper oh. agent. Yeah, he's a sleeper agent, like a Manchurian candidate. Yeah, he's a Manchurian candidate. Um, All of these soul-switched people are easily manipulated. So I'm not going to do that to myself and the crown prince. Not part of the plan. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. So far, at least. It does feel... Okay, so I will say that there is a level of convenience... To the fact that we end game all of a sudden had a magical artifact to control the soul shifted people. That, that does sit a little bit wrong with me, which is to say they introduced it as a way that, you know, like now he has access to this thing or like he gained access to this thing or whatever the case may be. Fine. But it just, it's, it feels a little bit. It's like that my, 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 how convenient that all of a sudden there's like a a thing that can, that wasn't there that no one knew about before. It's very kids on the playground. We just found a superhero or a superpower to top the other superpower. I see that. I don't know. We could have dropped hints earlier in the game where the queen had used that with Eunuch Kim, who was kind of yeah. off doing his own thing. And we just see... We hear these bells in the background. We see him change his tactics. Like, we get kind of a weird feeling, but you immediately forget about that. I feel like they've buried a lot of those into this show that came out in this endgame that were done. Yeah, just they planted those seeds a lot better. This was not one of those times. They really just pulled this out of thin air. And it's only upsetting because I'm upset. Okay, (laughs) If it had gone poorly, I wouldn't have been mad. But it went really well for Jinmu, and it went really poorly for Mudok. So I'm really upset. Yeah, I wanted there to be some kind of counterbalance, right? Where it maybe it still goes really poorly for Mudok in the end, but I wanted there to be some kind of counterbalance where it wasn't like the easiest thing in the world for Jinmu to completely change everything around in one minute at the end of the season that that was a tough 
swill to polo or pill to swallow, <laughs> as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sucked to see the bad guy win in the last moments of the last episode. Like, we had the world's kindest email this week from one of our listeners named Jenny. Thank you, Jenny, for telling me first that the file was corrupted last week and nobody could listen to our <laughs> podcast. Yikes. Sorry, guys. That's all fixed now. But also, she was like, season two is more of just like a continuation of season one. It's not this completely different show. It's not the Crown Prince's thing going off on his own. It is very important to just like tie up the loose ends. And I think not knowing that, I was, I would have been much more upset with the ending of season one. But she made such a convincing case for season two that's just like, you gotta watch it. It's even better than part one. It's worth the 10 hours of effort you're gonna put in. Like, you're gonna love it. It was a big selling point to hear that it's only 10 episodes long. Yes. It was a huge selling point because here's the thing. Sometimes there's a show that is, that hits all of the right tones where I could watch it infinitely. But it's gotta be set. Something more like Reply 1988, which is just easy to turn on because it's good vibes and you're not about to be stressed out by Jinmu turning around and making- Winning? Yeah, like the bad guy wins, right? So it's not- there's no level of stress. And then there's other dramas like this one, which is remarkable, outstanding, such a good drama, so good. My heart can only take so much, and I don't know if I could have done a whole 20-episode season two, but then when I heard it was 10 episodes, I'm like, see, that's K-dramas at their best. It's K-dramas at their best when they can tell a story in a set number of episodes, and the pacing always just feels so good to me. When uh, Sometimes a short drama means the pacing is a little rushed, but in this case... Technically, if we think of it as like 30 episodes, it's like, all right, that's a good, that's a well-paced story. That's a good time investment. I don't love it. I would prefer 20. But yeah, if you've 20 is very good. to do it in 30, I guess <laughs> we can. It feels like I would prefer 20, but I would give you 21 because I see there's a lot of loose ends here. I don't even know what they're going to do with 10 more episodes. Yeah, well, here's what I think. I think. I don't know if we should do predictions. I'm assuming something will happen where we have actual Booyan back as what? well as... I, I just feel like that's how they keep it going, right? Where Because that's a big loose end that they've got to tie up. Booyan exists somewhere on some plane doing something while uh, Naksu runs around in her body slash Mujak. So... There's something there that they could probably make at least a couple episodes out but, of. Oh, yeah, now that just makes me want to rewrite <laughs> the ending because they should have just had Regan Booyan come back and be like, you can't just use your stupid bells to control this body. This is the one body you can't control, you bitch man. No, <laughs> I'm not letting Naksu go crazy and kill everybody because I am the strongest priestess to ever live. Like, why... Why did we have to have it get so convoluted at the, right the end? It's so convoluted. It is that, and that's the kind of um, push or er, 
counterweight, I guess, counter spell that I was hoping could at least mitigate the damage that Jinmu was able to do in the final episode of, you know, Buyan being somewhere in there and being much, much more powerful than Jinmu. But I guess we don't know that she's somewhere in there necessarily. She's like on the spirit plane. That's fair. Or something. In the stars, maybe. In the stars where where Jungkook found the ice stone. Yeah. That's what I meant. I feel like they've introduced other planes of existence. Yeah. There's like the water plane where they float right before they change souls. Uh-huh. And there's the star plane, the star sky plane where the ice stone lives. <laughs> there's the lake, the lake itself, which might be also part of the water plane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. We <laughs> we probably shouldn't label all these. We've We're creating very lame names. But it's easy to keep track of all of these planes of existence. Buyan is on one of them. I feel like they could have tied it up this episode, but they chose not to. So like you said, they've got to do it next time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I feel like they can they can wrap things up pretty well in 10 episodes. There is enough to do with 10 episodes, I think. And 10 episodes gives them enough time to introduce... Some smaller p- plots, right? I, I'm not saying, don't come at me with so many plots that the pacing gets whack, right? But I trust that Jenny, because Jenny said it's good, and I trust Jenny, so. <laughs> we're not putting it on the writers, we're putting it fully on Jenny. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> we won't come for you if we disagree with the pacing. I just trust that they you said like it was it. better. Yeah, yeah. and so... <laughs> Jokes aside, we fully trust our listeners. We are excited for part two. We still have to figure out what to do about it. But yeah, we're definitely going to watch it. Because Soyul is dying. He's got a parasite in him. He's got worms. Soyi is the most annoying character in this entire... (laughs) (laughs) She's... Okay. I feel so bad because I feel like every time we pick a most annoying character, it's either Park Jin or one of the six women they're willing to give parts to in this <laughs> show. <laughs> Which kudos to Park Jin for holding that title for so long. Beginning yeah. of these episodes, I think it was the beginning of the last episode, where he and Maid Kim have their quibble over the house. Yeah. It was... So I knew already that I was going to be late for the podcast. It was really hard not to just skip right through and be like, I don't care anymore. You've had your time. You've never figured it out. I don't care if you end up together or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're the you're two adults and you are not acting like it. You are doing worse than Jin Choyeon and Park Dong-gu. And that's, I mean... They're sitting at the children's per- table. Yeah. <laughs> There are adults who sit at the children's table, and that's fine. But uh, you're not better than them. Yeah. Um, You're significantly worse. Yeah, so (laughs) that was was a whole thing that... And then, yeah, you feel bad for Master Lee because he got really shafted. He got kind of used by um, maidservant Kim. Yeah. A little bit, which is to say... She she was nothing but kind. I don't want to imply that she fully led him on. Um, but I do think that she was aware of the interest that he had in her on some level. And I think that she disclosed stuff to Park Jin about that situation 
tactically, which I guess good for her getting what she wants. I just wish it wasn't at the expense of Master Lee necessarily. I don't know. That's a tough, because I don't really believe in like, I don't know, leading him on or that she's, that he, you know, is like entitled to her love in any, any way, obviously. But I just but feel bad about how- she probably could have shut him down a lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad about how that shook out. And that he found out pretty much just by observing interactions between them and not being told, like, hey, you're great. This is, yeah. But I it's have It's not you, it's me. For, yeah. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. It could have been said. But yeah, I think it's very soul crushing to watch a man who has spent two full lifetimes alone crying about missing love. But at the same time, he's very much chosen to spend most of those two lifetimes alone. Yeah. First shot, struck out. Just keep going if you're deciding to give up on this chastity thing, I guess. is Yeah. Like, just keep going. Yeah. Like, keep yourself open to love, but know that you're doing great on your own, too. <laughs> or, or, or whatever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Oh. Uh. Did you a little bit, this is a full pivot, did you a little bit cry when Soyul turned Dongu's bachelor party into an episode of 39, where he's like, I'm not dying, guys. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> it's like, maybe it's too soon. Maybe the show 39 will stay with me far past what I wanted, when I wanted it to stay with me. I need to evict it from my mind. But it lives in, in my brain, too. Yeah. It lives in um, there and it haunts me. Yeah, constantly. Uh, in good ways and bad ways. Where, yes, mostly for Dongu being like, is Soyul okay? Is he sick at my bachelor party? Is he gonna die? Very next day, day of his wedding, he loses his other best friend. Jong-uk, Jong-uk's <laughs> like, probably not Soyul, but definitely me. Dongu, I... He came through in these last two episodes. He had main character energy again. He pulled through, and then he just gets shafted. Again. Again. Oh. Poor guy. I hated that. I was so excited to have him back in the storyline. And then they were like, he's just here to cry. Cry beautiful tears. Look at his beautiful face being heartbroken over the loss of his best friend. And the slow, agonizing death of his other friend because some dumb bish who doesn't know what she's doing <laughs> just decided to- in him! She just, like, she doesn't know magic. She doesn't know what- <laughs> She knew that that thing was bad. When they put that in her, she was horrified. It hurts so bad! She, like, screamed. <laughs> and then she just put in someone else. And then she was told by Jin Mu, if I don't continue to control that, it will eat you alive from the inside. <laughs> and then she said, this'll help. And, like, didn't tell him. I feel like it's one thing to be like, honestly, this feels like the last option. You're going to bleed out. This has energy in it, magic energy, that I genuinely think can save you. But I also need you to know... Once you're better, you gotta get it out. You gotta extract that. And you probably can. You're the strongest mage in Songrim right now. No note. No note in his pocket that's like, hey, if your heart hurts, get the worm out. (laughs) I have performed sorcery on you. Nothing? Nothing. It's so stupid. If they do a storyline where they end up together because she- Oh, God. I'm going to burn the show to the ground. (laughs) 
It's hard because obviously Soyul has a type for like protecting women. Like he's very like, I want a girl that I can take care of. My first love who I did not let go of this whole season was a homeless girl I met in the woods. And I, my biggest regret in life is not taking her in and taking care of her. And then, like, they have a very healthy ending. She's like, I'm taking care of now. I have found my own path. I took care of myself, bro. Like, I'm fine. And he's he comes to terms with that. That's great. But yes, if he goes and finds another girl that he's like, freaking Jungkook's speech about the nest egg. He's like, you're my little baby egg. I will take care of you. Like, Obviously, Soe needs help. I don't want her to end up on the streets. I don't want that to be her ending. She does not need to marry Soe I don't want yeah. that either. I honestly want her very far away from the whole situation. Because the thing is, is that she was doing fine when she was a grifter. And yeah. she seemed pretty content with that life and pretty good at it. And I know that it's going to be hard for her to go back to that, but now that she's not under the constant threat of death, it just feels like she can maybe carve her own path because she's not being held as a hostage in a really, really hostile situation. She, you know, she can walk away, but she's not going to because she's super obsessed with Soyul. And whatever, it's a storyline. It's not my favorite storyline. I kind of wish it wasn't one. I get why they have to play it out. They can't just drop it and be like, and now <laughs> she's not a thing anymore. Because that would be crazy. That would be... That would not also sit well. Like you said, we don't want her out on the streets. We don't want her to be just a dropped storyline. But if they push some narrative that she is in any way a healthy, good relationship for Soyol, the way that she's obsessed with him, and how dumb she is... Oh, no! It's stupid. It's stupid to put a parasite in a dying person and not tell them. It's stupid. It's so hard because I'm stupid. So I know that I'm here now no. being like, I can't ship them. They would be the worst couple. And I know in five episodes from now, I'll be like, but they're really cute together. <laughs> oh, I just, I remember her smile. And she's so cute when she smiles. And if she gets help. And she gets guidance, like, and they change her. If they make a lot of changes, I will wipe the slate clean like I always do, because I'm stupid. I just... She's... She's <laughs> gotta get change. real smart real fast for me to ever <laughs> ship this shit. Like, they've got ten episodes, but if they wait until the very last of those ten episodes to make her a better person then I'm not going to ship it. I'm not going to just be like, oh, in the last 10 minutes, she finally learned how to be fucking normal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, she's smart in different ways. So she has, there's hope. But I, I guess talking about this right now makes me just really want the focus to be on the three guys and their, their, respective love interests, the three women, and just really focus on them for part two. I think it's what we expected from part one, and I love how dynamic the cast became, how expansive this world became, but I think it would be really cool if we kind of pulled the focus in. Oh yeah, we got, I mean, main character <laughs> crown prince, obviously, unspoken yeah. rule, main character crown prince, then the three guys and their three love interests. Like, 
figuring out their respective lives and ef- having effects on the world around them, but not need just like right park Jin out, right park Jin out. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I ask. I feel like also if we're gonna give every person a love interest, like if we're saying okay, so Dongu and uh, Jin Choyun, and then we're going to do obviously the two main Mudyuk and Jung-uk, and obviously, or Naksu, or however we want to refer to her. And then there's, like, the secret, like, extra possible shake-up love interest that we can throw in there if Buyan comes back, like I think she will, which is a mess, but we'll see how that goes. But also, we can't forget, there's, like, uh, shoot, what's her name? Hot Hyo Doctor Hyo? Something, Ok. Yuok? Yunok? Yunok? Yunok, I think. Um, and so I just feel like we don't need so ye here. Sorry. <laughs> like, we've, uh, we've gotta actually cut down on the love triangles, I think, in season two. I don't think we need to make more, but. Fair. I, here, here I we think are. Yunok will also kind of be written out. I. Probably. I felt like we were done with her being in the love triangle, and then they gave us the last. I don't remember which episode it was in, whether it was 19 or 20, but she sees cute couple Jungkook and Mudok on the bridge being all lovey-dovey, and she and her assistant Sunny, I think her name was, are just like, oh man, sucks that I didn't end up with him. And I, I genuinely thought that was pretty out of the blue for her. I thought she was over that. I thought she was done. She was literally like, it was yesterday that I was going to confess to him and tell him I was still in love with him. Bro, what? I thought you yeah. were done with that long... I thought you were like, we're good friends, and that's kind of it for us. I don't feel a connection with him. But she was like, no, the connection was there. I felt it. I was shook. I was caught off guard by that. I thought it was weird. And I hope she just has kind of a normal role like her grandpa where she just does doctor things and is an awesome mage and no longer has to be involved in all of these love quibbles like yeah i don't want really a romance for her i also hope she doesn't get written out because i feel like if she doesn't have a romance and gets written out that means that the only reason that they kept her around was to cause romantic conflict. And she's awesome! And it would just yeah. suck. And I, it doesn't seem like them, it doesn't seem like these writers to do something like that. But yeah, I, I don't want her to be part of a love triangle. I just want her to be a woman in this show who's fucking cool. Like, and yeah, that's all that's I want it. from her. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all we want. Yeah. And... That's kind of what I want for Soe as well. That would be good. I yeah. want someone to give her some help to get started on a life that's not of crime, that utilizes the skills she has built and forgives her for all of her past sins and is just like, let's start over with you and you can go work at Songrim or whatever as a servant and you'll be great at it and everybody will love you. And that's all I need for her. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I would forgive her for all of her transgressions if that's how they wrapped up what she was doing. But yeah, if they put in a romance storyline with her and Seoyul and then just have her get like maybe better, but at the end of the day it's like, I don't know. It I don't want it to feel forced. Yeah, or like everything's forgotten. Yeah, I worry that with her it'll be like forgive and forget. 
Like, whatever. Yeah. Because no one knows that you you did a bunch of really dumb things. Like, everything that yeah. you've done so far is still really up in the air. You're actually the only one in this show with a solid amount of actual real secrets that no one knows but you. Yes. And you have... I feel like so many people can write off, like, you were coerced into it at the threat of death. Everything you've yeah. done is just to protect your own life. Self-preservation is a hell of a drug. And I feel like that only goes so far with her. Yeah. There were some choices. Yeah. There were some really, really active choices. <laughs> so let's reflect on those. Let's change a little bit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> And then I'll really like you because you're adorable. You're an adorable actress and it's hard not to fall in love with you. So just like change your whole character and then <laughs> it'll be good. Just do better. Just do better. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, do you want to talk any amount about Jungkook showing up, <laughs> doing one cool thing and then dying? Or <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Was that anticlimactic, like, textbook definition of anticlimactic, or was it just me being a little bit petty about it? It felt so anticlimactic to me, because <laughs> here's the thing. What he did was cool. Yes. He, he used his body to block a massive soul shift into the ice stone to, that would have caused immense problems. So that's cool. Great. Good job. It it was like two seconds, and then he kneeled down, and it's like he admitted to some shit, but he still died with a solid amount of secrets. They were like, admit to everything right now, and he's like, I'll do it, and then I'll die, and that's what I'll do, and that's what I'm gonna do. And then he like kneeled down, and he was like, I did Alchemy of Souls, and it's like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> we know that, you dumb bitch. What else did you do? <laughs> he's like, nothing, death. It's like, yeah. And don't talk to the person who's not my son about me ever again. Dead. Okay. What? Yeah. What? It's so... I mean, I get why they, you know, say he made that play maybe to protect uh, Jungkook. Maybe he made that play because he really doesn't believe Jungkook is his son. Whatever reason behind him making that play, I have a lot of unresolved tension with his relationship with Jungkook. Like, there is a lot of tension for me that I really wanted more. Obviously, Jungkook's come to terms with it. I think that I'm still just so bothered by the lack of accountability of Jungkook being his son, because it was his actions, whatever the case may be, that cause someone to use his body to bring Jungkook into the world. Like, he just has so little accountability for, like, the creation of this person and the reason this person exists in the world, because not my son, because I wasn't in control of my body at the time. And I just, I think I was expecting so much more. I was expecting so much more catharsis from whatever conversations they had, from whatever conversations Jungkook got to witness between people. What I wanted so much more from that whole situation because it's a mess and I get that and there's no easy way to, you know, say yes, you're my son or no, you're not my son, whatever the case may be. But I just... Everything felt as up in the air when he died as it did before he died. And it's just yes. not sitting right with me. 
Like, the only silver lining was the part that they were very, very clear about of he's going to take accountability for everyone's sins and then die with them and then the board will be wiped clean. Like, we're done with everyone's wrongdoings, which is, one, insane. Insane yeah. that it's just, like, Songrim, Jin Yo-won, Chung Bu-gwan. Nobody has ever done anything wrong because Zhang Gong said he did wrong and he's dead now. An insane premise, but yes, specific to the Zhang Uk part, it just felt so unfinished to say he's not my son, that's it. The only silver lining is that, I'm sorry, we're getting really spicy this episode. I'm sorry for cursing so much. I'm riled <laughs> up with this finale, this quote-unquote finale that did not finish anything. The king is a dumbass, and I believe that to my core. <laughs> so for Jung Gong to go in and be like, Jung Uk is not my son. You cannot hold him accountable for any of the things that I did wrong. The king really held on to that and <laughs> repeated that word for word later, which I was like, okay, <laughs> now I can sort of respect what John Gong did. He knew his audience. He knew the king <laughs> is the dumbest person in the world and would only accept not going after John Gong if he fully was like, John Gong said it's not his son, so why would we go after him for the stuff that John Gong did? Like, it was a good plan in that way, and I respected yeah. it for that reason. Every other reason, I was like, this is not fine. Jungkook is not okay, and now Park Jin and Maid Servant Kim have this, I don't know if it's even reasonable or if I agree with it, but they have this task that they've made up in their heads where they're like, we have to keep Jungkook's birth a secret forever and kill anyone who knows. And it's like, a little bit insane, a little bit too much, but also it's what they're left with, with Jong Gong doing what he did. Yep. And it's so, I, I guess it feels like such square one too, right? Because it, we started with Park Jin keeping a huge secret about the birth of Jong Uk from everyone. And it's like, now everyone kind of knows something, but they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, and so then it's like it's like square one, but with the caveat that everyone knows you're hiding something. Yes! Oh my god, his conversation with the crown prince? Kill me. Just insane. tell him that you know and that you're on his side, and that yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, Or that you're both on Jong-uk's side. Like, be very clear about, I know Jong-uk's got the king star. But I know Jungkook's not going to do anything about it, especially because he really likes you. I don't know, like, suck up to the crown prince, do whatever. Don't straight up lie to his face because he knows you're lying! Yeah, you're making enemies, as usual, constantly. Park Jin's so stupid. Park Jin's so stupid! If there's so any man you can trust, it's the crown prince. Trust the crown prince. Never lie to the crown prince. Because now the only people who don't lie to him are Mudok, who his last conversation with is insane, and we will get to in a moment. And Jin Mu, whose conversations are always insane. Yeah. So now he's got 
two people that are honest with him, and one of those people is dead. So, quote-unquote <laughs> dead. Like, obviously, we know she's not dead. We saw that, like, something happened. Um, but, uh... But if she's yeah, not, just, his last conversation was like, if you're not dead, I'll hunt you down until you are. Like, what the fuck was yeah. that? <laughs> like, lose my number. <laughs> Keep my name out your mouth. <laughs> Never talk to me again. Go. Go as far away as you can. And it was so... Yeah, so we now have no voice of reason left for the crown prince because no one is willing to level with him like an adult except the baddest person. The only person who's reasoning with him and leveling with him and is actually honest with him is definitely manipulating the facts. Oh, you guys have backed him into a corner. But yeah... Par for the course for Park Jin to be like, yeah. I'm great at raising sons. And then every <laughs> person he talks to who is younger than him, he's just like, I will lie to your face about literally Constantly. everything. Constantly. I will make you feel so small and incapable of handling the truth. And think that that's going to make you back off. Has it worked before? Never. The dude doesn't learn. Park Jin, learn something. Ever. Ever. Ugh. Yeah, so that's whack. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, we said we would talk about the Crown Prince's conversation with Mudok. I don't know if there was anything else to say oh, other yeah. than it was... Yeah, it was wild. Other than just the lose my number or I will hunt you for sport. Yeah. It, was, it was a <laughs> wild like confession slash threat. Yeah. I feel bad that... I don't know. It's like I did and didn't ship it. I didn't ship it because I knew it wasn't the ship, right? But right. I liked it. I liked that she made him a better person. But I wanted him to be a better person without the expectation of her loving him back. And then I don't think that that's gone entirely. But the way he's treating her is a very like, well, if you ever turn me down, then I'll kill you. Which is just like a terrifying reality. <laughs> it was so... It felt very out of left field, too. It felt like Especially, the whole show, he's been very respectful of, like, I don't want you to be with anyone else, for sure. And especially not jong Uk. I really hate that guy. But I get that you're not going to be with me. And I'm dealing yeah. with that. And it was so juxtaposed against the confession with uh, Seo Yul, where he was very forward and understanding and good guy Seo Yul to the end and exactly how a rejection should go from both ends where it's like, hey, I love you a lot. I've loved you since we were kids. I'm like, well, you kind of love a memory of me. I'm not that person anymore. And I also have very fond memories, but that's just not how this is shaking out. And then, a yeah, I get that. And then a moment to sit with that, and then they go, and it was so then good. Go. and It was perfect. And then what we get from the crown prince is, no one's ever said no to me in my life, even though all of our conversations about it were very level-headed and rational, and... And you said no a thousand times. Yeah. Um, what was unclear? Yeah, and I handled it super well up until this moment. <laughs> yes! That, oh... It made me mad. It made me feel like if we were watching a different character, because it seemed like he'd been rejected a lot. And I liked that they wrote that scene to be very like, he's had the worst day. He's had yeah. a lot of people. Like, Park Jin just lied to his face just now. But 
pretty much everyone has been bowing at his feet, literally kissing his feet for this thing that he knows somebody else did and he could never do. Yeah. And he was asked to keep it a secret by that person and carry that burden. And like, that sucks. It sucks to be like, not only do I feel a little bit powerless, I'm also a sham. I also think I'm also like a little bit afraid of this guy. Like, I'm growing in my suspicion of how powerful he is. Like, there's a lot of mixed emotions. And he just, like, disappeared into his house. Whereas I, the crown prince, have to walk around all day listening to people praise me. And I hate it. It's all a lie. My life has become a sham. Like, that is a nightmare. He's had a rough day. But it sucks to then go to the person who he's had a crush on forever. He's been rejected by 50 times. And and have him be like, if you're not going to be with me, then I can never see you again. Otherwise, my love for you will turn to rage and I will choke you out. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> that's not you. That's not your vibe. Yeah, that's a bad vibe. Yeah, he literally said, I will start my villain arc once I meet you again. Like, <laughs> I guess that's like good writing when he does start his villain arc, but I don't like it because the whole show has been about him being above the villains, being like, I'm better than that. I know how powerful I am. I don't need to stoop to your level. And then the finale, you're going to turn it around? If he has a villain arc in the second season, instead of the cool, morally gray counterpart to our hero... I'll never trust Jenny again. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Come on, Jenny, don't do this to us. (laughs) That was a joke, Jenny, we promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never trust these writers again, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. You had one job, and it's <laughs> to keep the brown, crown prince my favorite character. Don't take him away from us. I can't handle it. I will start my villain arc. I will <laughs> never see you again. <laughs> I will never see you again. We will shut this podcast down. We find will find the, the actor who plays Go On <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and start a podcast with him. As vengeance. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be good. That's a much better podcast. We should do that. (laughs) That's a very good podcast idea. (laughs) He could get his money. Do you think he could get sponsors? Bring your own sponsors. Yeah, I think he could do it. He he almost certainly has sponsors, right? Yeah, everybody DM him this weekend. (laughs) No, that was a joke, please. (laughs) Oh, no. Give him our names. (laughs) I will simply perish off of this earth. He'll go up in a blue flame. (laughs) But I will not be reborn. Oh, no. Oh, did you feel like Jungkook had more makeup on after he came back from the dead, after his phoenix rebirth, that just made him 10% hotter? Like, oh. Just 10%. They just CGI'd the actor in. They were just like, and he's reborn as CGI Jungkook. Oh, no. <laughs> For no reason. They have the actor. Like, he's... <laughs> <laughs> just, Am I more attracted yeah. to AI Jungkook? I don't know. I think it was the real guy. <laughs> and he just I think got it was. 5% hotter. Yeah. Maybe it's the he lighting. Just, 
Maybe it's something about that rebirth moment. It's like um, in the first season of Game of Thrones. If you haven't watched the first season of Game of Thrones and this is a spoiler for you, you can skip ahead, but at this point, it's been over a decade. It's time. <laughs> um, but she walks out of the fire with dragons and everyone's like, oh, she's like a di- she's actually like, I couldn't be more impressed right now. I couldn't be more impressed. She couldn't be hotter. Like, she couldn't be hotter. She was on fire, and now she couldn't be hotter. How is it possible? That yeah. is who Jungkook was channeling. Yep. I Something love Something about it fire him. makes mm. people hotter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what could it be? Huh. <laughs> oh, I'm just so confused. Like, who are the people pulling Mudok out of the water? Why does she have to live this life where, I mean, Buyan in her body is constantly pushed into this dumb lake and left to drown. Mudok, yeah, that's I think, up. also has jumped in once and she regained her powers. That was a storyline we had. Poor Naksu has been through a life where she just has to constantly be quote-unquote reborn one way or another. Like, this whole thing is wrecked for this woman. Leave her alone. Use the ice stone to cure her soul shifting. And just let her live a normal life. That's all I wanted. (laughs) Please. Yeah. Maybe that's what the second season is about. It's gotta be. It's just, like, finally leaving (laughs) leaving (laughs) Naksu alone. Do you think we can watch five episodes this week and record <laughs> next week? I'm not saying yes and I'm not saying no. I don't think there's any way for you to do it. For me, I've got nothing going on in my life, but I won't yeah, put that on you. I feel like the people pleaser yes man in me who also loves this show is like, absolutely. That's just like an episode a night. It's a movie per night because that's how long these episodes are. And... Um, you're right. I don't think I could do it. I want to. I want to do it, but I don't think I could do it. But we'll find some way to deliver some kind of, I don't know, some kind of review or whatever it is that we do. It's like we review, but mostly it's just like we hype or rail <laughs> on things. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> we, we hit each guard, we go guardrail, guardrail to guardrail in this, <laughs> in this podcast. There is no objective review of any (laughs) K-dramas. Sorry. We don't live up to our advertising, but we live up to the hype. (laughs) Should we, as per usual, blast through our, our socials, our links, our contact information? Yeah, we'll do this real quick. Um, if you have anything to email us, like maybe one of our episodes is broken and you're a hero, <laughs> um, you can find us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can always find all of our episodes or sign up for our newsletter or find links to our affiliates to help out the show without directly helping on the show on playonk.com. Yeah, we also have uh, our direct Patreon, patreon.com slash playonk, where you can find, if you if you sign up, you get an extra pre-show chat with each episode, so we just, we just gab. It's fun. We have a good time. Um, but there is one free thing on there that you do not have to be at a subscribe pay level, and that was our bonus episode for Reply 1988, which was published as audio, but we have our video up for free on the Patreon. So if nothing else, hop over to the Patreon. Check it out. Um... I'll keep bringing it up periodically, I think, maybe. Anyway, um, that's, yes, where I told you it was. 
<laughs> We're also on social media. We are on Instagram at PlayOnKate, on TikTok at PlayOnKate underscore Emily, and on the app previously known as Twitter at PlayOnKate. Yeah, and then uh, the absolute freest way to help us out is just to drop a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to us. Ideally, iTunes, I think that's where the algorithms really hit, but just wherever you listen to us helps us a ton. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you next week with something Alchemy of Souls related, and uh, we can't wait. K-bye. Yeah. K-bye. Bye-bye.